Hello and welcome to Feeling the Sync, a podcast from Kerala News. My name is Alejandra Angulalonso and today we are talking about the beginning of a new school year. Schools across Catalonia have opened the doors to more than one and a half million pupils. But this is not like any other academic year. Teachers and students have just started the school again with significant changes after a recent wave of strikes, protests and heated debates inside the education sector. In this episode, we'll discuss these new changes and we'll also take a deep look at the future challenges of the Catalan education system. With me throughout the next 20 minutes or so on Feeling the Sync, our Catalan news journalists Cristina Thomas-White and Gerard Schaeffel. Hello! Hi, Hi, nice to see you again. It's great to be here as always. Yeah, thanks for joining. So a lot of things have changed this September. No more COVID restrictions in schools after three years, and classes have started one week earlier than usual. Right, Christina? Yeah, that's right. So as you were saying, this is the first school year in three years where there are no COVID restrictions whatsoever. That's going to make a huge difference for students, especially the older ones who are tired of having to worry about masks. And as you were also saying, it has started a week earlier than usual. So we see that preschool and primary school children, that means students or children up to the age of 12, started on Monday, September 5th. And secondary school students, so that's to say 12 to 16, as well as pre-university students, 16 to 8-year-olds, and vocational training, those who are in vocational training courses, they started on Wednesday, September 7th. This is a week earlier than usual. <laughs> and this is a week earlier because preschool and primary school children are not going to have lessons in the afternoon. They are going to finish their classes at 1 p.m., only for primary and preschool. And then from half past three to half past four, uh, some afternoon leisure activities will be open for students and for children in primary school and preschool uh, for them but to only go. But if, only if their families yeah. have requested yeah. them. Exactly. And what are the motivations behind these new uh, adjustments? Well, the Catalan government announced back in February 2022 that they would put in place this schedule so they could help uh, families improve their work-life balance and for kids to go to school and help them in their day-to-day. Since you just mentioned families, uh, I know that we are going to explore this a bit further on your report, but uh, how are parents and teachers reacting to this? Could you give us an overview? Well, it depends who you ask to. Like some parents and families are against this new change, others are in favor because it will help like coordinate their work and life and also free their grandparents of like taking care of the kids. And also one of the things that a lot of people recognize is that obviously the cafeteria service that starts at 1 p.m. in in schools is optional. So that means that some parents can pick up their kids and have lunch at home altogether. It was also um, meant as an equalizing force of sorts because some parents can't afford to have their kids in extracurriculars before school starts. So that was part of the logic behind this. So it really depends on who you ask and whether this fits into their household schedule or not. Of course, of course. So talking about changes, uh, there is also the issue of the immersion system in Catalonia. Back in November uh, last year, the Supreme Court uh, ruled that a minimum of 25% of school instruction in Catalan public schools should be given in Spanish. Some things have changed since then. 
I'm not going to go deep on that. We already touched on this issue when we produced a previous podcast episode back in March this year. Our listeners are welcome to listen to that one as well. It's in our website, catalanews.com. But I, I was just wondering, do we have any new updates on the story? Well, before we get into this, we should probably just briefly mention what the immersion system is for someone who hasn't heard that previous episode. Of course, yeah. So it means that all subjects except for language subjects, the other languages, are taught in Catalan. And this was done with the aim of, quote, normalizing the use of Catalan after the dictatorship. But now there's some people who think that um, it's already been normalized and that Spanish could take on a bigger role in the education system here in Catalonia. So how authorities have responded to this uh, ruling? Well, by two ways, actually. In May 2022, the Catalan government issued a decree which explicitly stated that there should be no quotas, uh, language quotas in education. And then Parliament passed a law that says that Catalan is the working language, but Spanish is a curricular language. So there's no there's no strict quotas and... Um, And meantime, the quota is not in place as we are pending a constitutional court ruling as opposition parties and Spanish-speaking parents' associations challenge the decree and the law in the constitutional court, in the Spanish constitutional court. Right now, there is no quota in place pending the ruling from this court. But one thing is obvious is that students are expected to finish a secondary school uh, mastering both languages. Right, right. A lot of food for thought there. And another novelty uh, this year that we'd like to talk about is free daycare, which has been implemented for the first time uh, this year. I imagine that especially for young parents, that uh, must be a huge financial relief. Yeah, no, definitely. But it's actually only free daycare for two-year-olds, what is called pedos here. Every country, you know, calls it something different. Here it's pedos. And this is only in preschools that are owned by local councils. But one of the issues here is that there's just not always enough room for everyone. <laughs> And one of the things that the Catan government wants to continue is to implement free daycare for uh, those three all years old, all, all children. All children. Under exactly. Three. In Spain and therefore in Catalonia, Education for those aged between 3 to 18 years old uh, is free, so they can go to a public school. After, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so now the move is to make it for those who are under three. And going from this to another measure that it was finally implemented after numerous strikes and protests organized by the teacher unions, It is the issue that an increasing number of teachers are joining the classrooms this January. The schools are happy to have more hands available. However, most of the current teaching staff is disappointed that this is happening in January and not at the beginning of the school year, because timetables are obviously already planned. I, I kind of uh, wonder also, why did they uh, decide to wait until January? and Why not doing it now in September? Well, first of all, the Catan Education Ministry is going to hire up to 3,500 new teachers, but that's going to happen in January because of financial and the budget issues. Obviously, they couldn't hire uh, new people before um, uh, now in September because the budget w is expected for the 2023 year, so they had to wait until January. And this will allow for teachers to stop teaching for one hour and to focus that time on 
work or other possible future projects that they have currently. And so while staff welcomes this measure, um, they also some of them don't actually see it as much of an achievement because it's what they used to do before the budget cuts. They used to work an hour less per week. Um, also, just to you know, reiterate here that it doesn't mean that the students are going to be getting an hour less of instruction. It just means that more teachers are going to be able to give the teachers that already were in schools a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, of course. And this measure allowed uh, for a peaceful start of the academic year because because at the end of the last academic year, unions had called for two days of strikes in here in September, one for the 7th of September and another one for the 28th. But obviously, as they reached this agreement with the CAT and Education Ministry... Just days before the yeah, exactly, school year started. They decided to call off the strike because they achieved one of their claims that they had been fighting for for years. Because the budget cuts back in 2010, 2008, that period of the financial crisis, that the Catalan government at that time, they ended up increasing the workload of teachers. So that's a huge... And relief for teachers and unions now. Should we expect more uh, strikes at the end of the year, or? Well, there could be actually. They've um, they have a 13-point manifesto, which Jadad will get into more detail later. But they've said that if they don't reach any more agreements by December, there could very well be more strikes for the remaining part of the academic year. Yeah, exactly. Unions also call to delay the new curriculum that is already in place in some grades here in Catalonia and across Spain, and also to to invest 6% of the GDP, uh, of the Catalan GDP, towards education. That's um, a minimum that UNESCO has been recommending. And these demands uh, haven't been solved No, yet. not at all. In fact, it was back in 2010 when the Catan government allocated the more money to the education department. And it was only 4.34% of GDP. So it was still far away from UNESCO's recommendations. Yeah, I see. So teachers have been carrying this weight uh, for a really long time. So before we continue, uh, let's take a pause now. Because we do serious reporting here for this week's episode, we sent Gerard back to school, at least for a day. Gerard, tell us, how was your first day? Well, because students finish classes at 1 p.m. now in September, it was not a full day. (laughs) It was just a half day. (laughs) But no, I ended up leaving at 11 a.m. in the morning. Oh, lucky you. Saved by the bell? Yeah, I think I could say that. Okay, let's hear how you got on. It's been long since I had this feeling of going back to school. I literally feel like a child on his first day of school. It's 
some children are crying, some others are really happy because they just opened the doors for the Kulaiji Public Spine number three here in San Juan de Spi. And this is the moment that some families have been waiting all summer for kids to go back to school. This year is unique as classes started a week earlier than usual. Some families have had to rearrange their plans because of this change. For parents, starting school a week earlier implies rearranging their work schedules a bit. Angel, a grandfather of two students at the Spiders school, tells me. Parents, he adds, have had to ask grandparents for help. I ran into Vera not far from Angel. She takes care of her grandkids, meaning their parents were able to organize themselves well because they have her. But not everyone asks grandparents for help. I believe starting early is great, as we always had to ask grandparents for help, Nuria, a mother of two girls, confesses to me. Now that kids are starting earlier, their grandparents can relax a little bit because they took care of the children over the summer. For us, it has been a good thing, she says. Well, this area was buzzing literally five minutes ago, and now it's completely empty. Hundreds of parents left their children. They are even living now, some with uh, carrying a trolley. And the doors of the Spy Teresa school are completely deserted. All kids are back in classes, and parents are going back to work. Starting a week earlier also affects teachers, as they have to prepare well in advance. It is the case of Ana González Montiel, an English teacher in the Spaitres school. No, the, it's the same. The only thing is that we have less time to prepare, since we had just two days. But as we worked on July a little bit longer, everything is a, it's planned, everything is good, and it's always really fun to see them again. Some teachers claim they did not have enough time to get ready, while others believe authorities were prepared for the academic year in advance. The education department did something that I believe to be good, Rosa Maria de la Fuente, despite Teresa school director, tells me. She praises the department's work when assigning teachers to classrooms a month earlier than usual. Families, she continues, already knew who their children's teacher would be, and this helped them a lot. It's buzzing once again because it's 11 a.m. and that means playground time. Ahora sí que está conectado. Hola, me llamo Biel, soy de los Paitres y solo tengo 9 años. Hola, tengo 12 años y me llamo Ainoa. Y este colegio es el mejor. As you can see, everyone is really happy. We are here. They are so celebrating. Ah, oh, you like donuts. And, and someone loves donuts here. But yeah, now it's playground time and as you can see, everyone is going and enjoying. And our presence is quite notorious. It's time now for me to leave a spider as a school here in San Juan de Spi. But for the over 400 students, it's time to start learning, to enjoy new adventures, and to experience great relationships and make friends that will last forever.
Thank you, Gerard. And we are going to zoom in now and look at the Catalan school system. So you both grew up here, you went to school here, and I would say that you are both uh, fine products of the Catalan education system. Thank you. So uh, how does the Catalan school system works? I mean, the stages, and what I mean by that is, I guess you have like elementary school, middle school. Well, it doesn't, well, it's not called elementary or middle school here. In fact, we go from preschool that would go from zero to five years old, then primary from six to 12, and then secondary school for those age 12 to 16. Then before university, there is bachillerat or bachillerato for Spaniard speakers, and uh, that's for 16 to 18, and then obviously university and professional training courses. Yeah, and it's obligatory um, up until you're 16 years old. Indeed. So from six to 16. Exactly. And there are also public, private schools. Right. So we've got uh, public, which is, I would say, around two thirds of students go to public schools. And then we have private and semi-private. And even within this um, segment of the student population, most of these students go to semi-public schools known as the concertadas or concertadas, um, which receives some sort of subsidy from the state. There are very few that go to private, fully private ones. And among these fully private ones, we have especially international schools, like the American school. We've got, there's a German school, French. Bonsoleil for French, and Italian, as well as other nationalities. In fact, there are over 40 international schools only in the Barcelona area. So Mm. you can see it's quite a huge amount. And do, do private schools have to implement the new curriculum as well? Well, private schools, if they follow the Catalan education system, they do. But then other ones, they they can follow other countries' educational systems. So let's talk about other challenges uh, now, like uh, languages. Spain has the same level of English as 10 years ago and continues to be at the bottom of Europe. How is Catalonia performing here? Well, if we compare Catalonia to other parts of Spain, it's actually not doing that bad. It's, it's, it's doing much better than other parts of Spain on average. But if we compare it to the Netherlands or Scandinavian countries, there's still a lot to do in terms of learning English. Um, if you look at the map of Spain, we see that uh, richer territories, including Catalonia, do much better than poorer ones. And even within Catalonia, we can see similar trends because children whose parents are able to afford them private tutors end up learning the language much better than those who only take it at school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in school, you just uh, just to teach English, for example, for primary students, you only need to have a first certificate on Cambridge exam, so a B2 for European standards. And for secondary, if you want to be an English teacher, you only need to have proof of a C1 exam level, so an advanced level for Cambridge standards. So yeah. as you can see, there's like there are not a lot of the, teachers with the, those requirements. Like we are talking about more or less about 9,000 overall. So. And, and some might even say that those requirements aren't even that strict. I mean, in that the sense that they're not as rigorous because some might think that a, a B2 isn't that high of a level. So that was English, but what about the other uh, subjects? 
Well, for that, we have to take into account uh, PISA, the Program for International Student Assessment Report that was released in ends of 2019, so before pandemic. For an exam that 15-year-old students did in 2018, and there you can see that Catalonia, compared to other European and other OCDE member state countries, as well as territories in Spain, um, did quite well on math and sciences. But obviously, we are talking about uh, data from before the pandemic, so that can that may have changed now. Right. Uh, actually, if you look at the 2022 Probas de Competencias Básicas, these are exams that um, students in the fourth year of secondary take. The They had the lowest math score since 2012. And if we look at English, that's also gone down too. So we have been talking about the new measures uh, in place for this academic year and some challenges already, but we haven't touched much on the new curriculum. I believe that the new curriculum is very much focused on practical work and developing skills. So there is definitely a shift in the learning methodology, right? Well, at least to an extent, it's kind of hard to determine that right now because we haven't actually seen the final draft of the the new curriculum. The school year started with drafts, but I was also talking to Martita Shidov, who is an educator from the official school of educators of Catalonia, and he was saying that even though it's positive that there's been this shift towards competency learning over memorization, there hasn't been all that much memorization in schools anyway as it, as it is, and that it shouldn't be much of an either-or question. You can do one while also memorizing songs or timetables without even realizing that you're doing it, but just because you're repeating it so much. Right. And any changes to the subjects? There's going to be more hours of biology, physics and chemistry, music, history, geography, or even technology, while fewer hours of Catalan or Spanish. And are the teacher unions happy with these uh, changes to the subjects uh, hours? One of the things that unions said in their manifesto is that they support these, they are in favor of this new curriculum, but they would like to delay the implementation, despite it's already in place in some schools. So let's wrap up then with our Catalan phrase. What do we have this week? Ooh, let me put my what I have learned in my Catalan lessons to the test. You're talking about being patient and um, something about a school teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill me in, please. So to be more patient than a school teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that goes also for the parents uh, listening uh, right now. Sometimes you just have to be more patient than a school teacher. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. Do please subscribe to Fill in the Scene wherever you get your podcast, if you haven't already. Thanks again to everyone that spoke with us, and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday with another episode of Fill in the Sink. Until then, from me, Alejandra Angula Alonso, and all of us here at Catalan News. Bye for now. Adeus.